What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G with episode 59 of the No Mercy podcast. Uh, today I was joined by a little special guest, Peter Christensen at Draft Cheat on Twitter. Uh, we covered a lot of bases and we did it in a pretty methodical fashion. The first part of this is all Game of Thrones talk, all of it, just nonstop bashing the show, complimenting the show, predictions, analysis of the last episode, predictions for next episodes, everything you want to hear if you're a Game of Thrones fan. If you fucking hate Game of Thrones, then we're going to timestamp it. I'm going to put the time when the Game of Thrones talk ended in the description so you could fast forward over that part and get to the other shit that we talked about. We talked about Major League Baseball rule changes, the NBA playoffs, why NBA players are pussies. Me and DC fought on a couple of these things, especially computerized strike zone. We had our big three-year-long overdue computerized strike zone debates. Who would win in fights amongst daily fantasy touts? Uh, are happy endings cheating? Are strip clubs a waste of money? You name it, we covered it uh, in this episode. Do me a favor, go and subscribe to the podcast. If you like the podcast, write a review. Uh, the reviews have been fucking amazing, guys. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate uh, all the love and support you guys have given us in the reviews. Uh, it looks like I paid you guys to write it. Uh, keep in mind, I am keeping a list of who writes good and bad reviews. But uh, go write the review. I don't care if it's good or bad. Just fucking write something. But uh, let's get to the podcast. This is a fucking banging episode. I think you guys are going to love it. So without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 59 of the No Mercy podcast. This man I will be bringing on has been on here once before. He came on here to fight the siege and had a whole press conference. I did my Bruce Buffer voice, put a lot of time and effort into it. My boy Peter actually showed up and wanted to fight, but the fight got canceled due to uh, unknown reasons. But he's back to talk about a different form of fighting, Game of Thrones fighting. DC at DraftSheet on Twitter. Peter Christensen, star analyst, DFS player gambler at EliteFantasy.com. What up, motherfucker? What's going on, man? Glad to be on this show in earnest for the first time. Obviously, we're on <laughs> with the siege, but that doesn't count. The fight didn't happen. We're just going to strike that from the record. What could have been on the fight, I'd probably be in shape now, and it'd be it'd be fantastic. But no, still fat and uh, ready to talk to Game of Thrones. <laughs> How crazy is it, Pete, that fucking no one in this fucking company watches the show? Rob doesn't watch the show. Mad Lab doesn't watch the show. The Bod kind of watches it, but... He called Jon Snow John White the other day. So I was asking, like, Jeff Manns has got a million things going on. So I was trying to find someone to come on with us, DC, and I asked my brother, the bod. And I'm like, you watch Game of Thrones, right? He's like, yeah, I could do it. And he's like, I don't really know the character names. And then he called him John White. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you can't come on the show, Kurt. No, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's, if you don't know Jon Snow's name, you're just, you're out. You can't do it. Mad Lad doesn't know anything about it anything beyond the year 2005 and he even knew it was Jon Snow so me and you are the lone warriors in the company including Jeff Manns who was going to join us but he's got 16 other shows and baseball games to coach and do so we'll have Jeff on either later in the week or the beginning of next week but uh so here's how we're going to break this show down we got a few different topics and I got DC on here so I want to use them wisely so I did some Twitter questions so we have some interesting Twitter questions if we don't get to your questions I apologize. There's a fucking million of them, and we got a lot of topics to cover and bang this out in like an hour and a half. So we're going to start with Game of Thrones. 
We're going to break down Game of Thrones for maybe 30 minutes. Then we're going to get into a lot of the sports-related stuff. We'll talk about MLB rule changes, the NBA playoffs, Twitter questions, maybe some weird shit. But uh, we'll start with the Game of Thrones. So if you hate Game of Thrones, I will put in the minute marker in the uh, description of the podcast when Game of Thrones Talks ends so that you could just pick up from there. But let's get into it, DC. What the fuck do you think of this show so far? I mean, this was this was like the best show ever, you know, for, for the first, I would say, four or five, five seasons, I think. Right. Uh, and then they ran out of the source material, right? The books, George R. R. Martin didn't finish, um, didn't finish writing his books. I think he was contracted to do so because he had, you know, a lot of years to kind of write that last book. I don't I don't know how long the, the, the previous book that he wrote came out, but it's been like 15 years or whatever. It was like a decade and a half. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. And so the show, I think, started to go downhill, obviously, once they ran out of that material. But this season has been – is calling it a disaster going too far? I don't know because it's kind of fallen <laughs> off a cliff for me. I, I don't know because – me and you are on a similar wavelength. I wanted to get Ander Cust or Mayo or one of those guys on here with us too because they, they seem to be a lot more pro this season. And I know me and you are pretty anti this season. But I think this podcast deserves just straight hatred of what's happening this season. I don't know if we can call it disaster because I think we set such a high bar with the show. Like a bad Game of Thrones episode is still better than almost any show you're going to watch on TV. So – comparatively to its predecessor seasons. Yes, it's a complete fucking abortion. They're rushing it. There's holes in the plot, which me and you have been talking about on Twitter, which we're going to hit on. And there, it seems like DC, there was supposed to be three more seasons and they're just like, oh, we're writing Star Wars. Who gives a fuck about Game of Thrones anymore? Let's just get this shit done. Yeah, the, it, it's really the writing that has fallen off, I think, the most. You know, it's it's still entertaining. Like, you're, like, you're never going to miss a, an episode of Game of Thrones. You're going to watch it as soon as it comes out. Uh, I'm excited every week for it. But at this point, two episodes left. Uh, <laughs> like, I was pretty sure this last episode was going to be bad. I mean, the big battle scene, you know, the longest battle scene ever. Like, it's just, there's so so much wrong with it. So much wrong with the, the characters, some of these dudes are, you know, some of the the best characters in TV history, and they've just gone to shit in terms of, like, their decision-making. They're just completely out of character, right? They're just not even the same people. It doesn't feel like Game of Thrones anymore. Uh, the episode, two, you know, the, the big battle of Winterfell, uh, it used to be, like, if you got in trouble as a character, if you made some bad decisions, uh, you're going to get your head chopped off. You're going to die. And now it's it's all these Disney last second corny, you know, you get saved saved by the bell or whatever. So there's just so much wrong with it right now. And it's disappointing because it was so, so good for the first five seasons or so. It, it's It's been annoying because it, it's like you said, they just went fucking Hollywood. I mean, if we just break it down by a couple of the characters, literally as of right now, and everyone on fucking Twitter's answer is, well, there's still, still two episodes left. And <laughs> it's so fucking annoying to hear people just constantly just begging for us to just be patient for two more weeks. It's like, no, motherfucker, you made us wait a year and a half. And then you came out with three episodes, which sucked, and one which was pretty good. But you couldn't really fuck up a whole episode of a battle scene that much. And they still figured out a way to do it in some parts. But the whole character arcs of these people, like you said, are just fucking wrong. Like, like Bran, for instance. Like, we can go one by one. Like, if you removed, after now knowing that he did nothing to stop the Night King whatsoever, literally zero, outside <laughs> of serving his bait under a tree, 
if you removed brand from the show altogether as of right now, the show gets better because you lose that whole season of brand trudging through the snow, which was boring as fuck, right? And I'm nothing so changed. This fucking cripple, dude. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. It even <laughs> helps stop the Night King. The motherfucker predicts the future, and there's not a person on the show who's asking him, like, hey, when we fly two dragons to King's Landing, is there going to be a dude shooting an arrow in the water? Like, maybe give him a fucking heads up. Yeah, like he's supposed to have all these powers. He, he apparently does have powers, and he uses them to do absolutely nothing. He, he apparently knows everything that's ever happened. And, and going to happen. And it is going to happen and just doesn't. Like, <laughs> and now they're talking about making him king. Like he's the favorite to fucking sit on the Iron Throne right now. Like he's fucking retarded. Like what are you going to do with this kid? He doesn't want to be anywhere. He doesn't want to do anything, and he doesn't help anyone. He just sits and minds his business in the fucking corner. Yeah, with his, and his blank stare and his dulcet tones. It's like, fuck you, Bran. Get out of here. Fucking loser. And if he ends up on the throne, I swear to God, I will drop this show. from Because even with this bad season, assuming that they pick it up and knock it out of the park in the next two episodes, it's still going to be top three of all time. I'll probably drop it below Breaking Bad right now. It'll be flirting with The Sopranos and some of the other great shows. Whereas it coming into the season, it was above all them. But... If he ends up on the throne, dude, I'm going to lose my fucking shit, not just because of my bets, but ju- ju- it's, ju- it's just ridiculous. It's just fucking ridiculous. The dude hasn't done anything important for the whole fucking eight seasons, and he seems to be like the focal point of the fucking show. I know you were, you were on Sansa, right, before yeah. the season began? To Plus 600, yeah. Who do you think it's going to be at this point if you had to bet now? <sighs> I mean, I'm still sitting Sansa. I don't know if I'm biased or not. Just because I, I think, of, No, I think she's got a good shot at it. Right? Like, she's right there. It's a good bet regardless. I, I may consider hedging some out. But the reality of it is right now that this has become like the LGBTQ fucking Me Too movement show, right? Like, women don't die except Missandei, the hottest one. Like, at least could have killed her naked. But <laughs> it's, a, it's it, all the men suck. Jon Snow did nothing in the battle. Bran has done nothing the whole time. Fucking all the men are fucking Night King, the most dominant man in the world, fucking gets killed by a dagger and a girl in eight seconds. Like, so you got to imagine it's going to be a woman the way that they keep building up all the female characters, right? It certainly seems that way. That's, I mean, you're right about the kind of the theme of these last couple of seasons of, of the, you know, the women empowerment, which is, which is whatever, but it's just like, that's not how the original books went and not how the original source material went. Um, I don't know. These episodes, these last two seasons, would have been so much better if there was a, if there was a book for them to go through. And you know, it's so like you cut them some slack because obviously they they you know should have had that material, and that was kind of the agreement. But like, even so, I could have written like way better episodes. Yeah, that's, exact, that's, all, that's exactly the point. Like, there's nothing that they've done. Maybe one or two things this season that they've done that I I can't be like. I definitely would have done that episode better. Like, it's not even close. Like, how do you drop uh, Jon Snow into the fucking desert with a fucking draft, uh, draft king, with a knife king, <laughs> and he doesn't fight him? Like, like I said last pod, DC, give me the three-minute battle scene. You don't have – if you don't want him killing the Night King, that's fine. But still give us a three-minute battle. Have Jon Snow be winning – and then have the Night King rise the dead to be able to escape and go grab Bran. Like, you cannot not give us that fucking scene right there. Yeah, I, I thought last season where it really went off the rails was when, like, their great strategy was to risk, like, all of the important heroes in Westeros, you know, that, that are going to save the world 
to capture a white north of the wall, <laughs> to bring to Cersei. <laughs> to show her. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> that was the weirdest thing. Literally. There's like a 98% chance all of them are going to die. Like, Everyone dies. <laughs> Cap- Just to prove to Cersei, who's not going to fucking back you anyway. Yeah, like, it's not going to for nothing. <laughs> Like, because you need Cersei. Like, fuck, why don't you just fucking spend all that energy and kill Cersei and take over the fucking her army instead of going and fighting the dead with everyone? You also, have? like, just like even like even like right now, you know, like like where we are right now. Okay, they know exactly where Cersei lives in King's Landing in the in the Red Keep. Danny's got the dragon. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she just like sneak up into King's <laughs> Landing and fucking torch the Red Keep and kill Cersei and the show's over? Like, I mean, you also have Tyrion, who like fucking is the only person who understands like the tunnels at all these places. He lived there forever. Like, you got fucking Bronn, who's been running around that place like forever. Like, you got all these people in the Jamie, all these people on the good side who basically lived there, like grew right. up there, who know every way to sneak in, every th- way Cersei would think. Um, the the worst part, DC, was the fucking uh, of last episode when they had uh, when Masande got her head cut off. Like, Cersei's standing there. She hired a fucking hitman, Bronn, to kill Tyrion and has Tyrion standing 40 feet from her with 700 arrows pointed at him and decides, nah, I'm not going to kill him. Well, I mean, also uh, Daenerys and the Unsullied uh, Grey Worm and are all in range of those bolts, which we saw take out the dragon. What were they going to do with spears? What are you going to do, throw them? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are they gonna do? They're fucking a hundred yards away with fucking spears, and the other people have arrows. And like, then you got, and then you got Danny's dragon Drogon like napping in the back. <laughs> Bro, he was looking at his feet the whole time. Like, put a fucking arrow in the dragon. Like, what is wrong, like, dude? You and and people on the show are going. Well, you don't have any knowledge of history. There's always a respectful meeting before a war. Dude, that was done when she bailed on them, when she told them to go fuck themselves. And if it wasn't then, it was definitely done when she cut fucking Danny's right-hand woman's fucking head off in front of her. Like, I think that was pretty much the point where Cersei said, no holds barred, bring it, motherfucker. In which case, unload every arrow in your fucking holster on everyone who's standing in front of you. Kill Danny, kill the dragon, war over, you win, because there's only nine people left in Winterfell. Because the other thing, Tormund and his boys just said, fuck it, we're going, we're going home. Like, thanks for saving the world. Uh, we're going to head back up north where we belong instead of fighting this fucking evil bitch with you after you lost 90% of your army. Yeah, and John sends his, his, loyal, his loyal dog, Ghost, oh his direwolf. Oh, my God. Survived this entire season. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> like, uh, he, won't, he won't like it in King's Landing. <laughs> like, what? Dude, they've been building up this fucking wolf since the fucking first season like this we were sitting here the whole time going all right you know the dire wolves came in and saved some people a couple times right but it's been this big thing where they're like gone for like a whole season and then all of a sudden you see him again and everyone's like where's ghost where and then john's just like yo you know what dogs need to roam in the woods like <laughs> Tormund, my my greatest warrior and best friend who pledged his life to me a thousand times just take my dog and go home and you know what i'm not even gonna say goodbye to it I'm not even going to pet it. 
I'm just gonna have this awkward look as it looks sad and just. I think I think he off. gave the the dog a head nod. And that was like their right. fucking. Right. <laughs> How do you not go pet the wolf? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But there's so many things like that, dude, and that's why it's like part of part of my philosophy with this DC. I'm not a sci-fi guy. Are you? No, not really. Right. So so we're kind of we're the reason this show is so big, right? Because if this was just a sci-fi show. Me, you, mans, my mom, regular people wouldn't be watching it at all, right? So it's the masses that don't usually watch too much sci-fi that'll watch like a Star Wars or like these epic ones and that's it that made this show so popular that gave it such mass appeal. So I actually am okay and people fucking get me on Twitter like, tell me dragons aren't real. Like, listen, I get it. I know dragons aren't real. I know people can't swap faces with other people and then also maintain their height and accent when they do it. (laughs) But, but like, I, I know all that. I know everything about it. But the beauty of this show, Pete, has been that they have been able to have dragons and white walkers and faceless men and all this kind of shit in it, but still get you so locked into it that you're not sitting there going, that's bullshit. That's fake. When you lose me on the plot, when I'm leaving a show about dragons and faceless men and direwolves and zombies going, well, her not shooting her was unbelievable. That's when you know you really fucked up the plot, when I think dragons are more believable than Cersei letting them live. No, yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that was, you know, the final scene of, of the last episode was, in my opinion, like the most egregious. We talked about all the characters, and they're just not in character from what we know from all these seasons, and, and that, you know, Cersei would have shot all those people. Every one of them. Like, it's just, it's just the truth. Um yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. And But, like, the, the strength of Game of Thrones, you know, up through season five or whatever, was the plot, the dialogue, the the backstabbing. Like, seasons, the early seasons, you had to watch very carefully. Yes. Every conversation meant mm-hmm. something. It would circle back around, uh, you know, sometimes a season or two later. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like like, genuinely somewhat difficult to follow right somewhat confusing i used to tell people dc like when like my brother you know my, my brother's a smart kid he's not he's the second smartest of the siblings but you know i used to always tell him because he's like i don't really watch i don't pay attention i don't know what's going on and i joke with him like you have to be smart to like this show like if you're dumb game of thrones is probably boring to you because you have to be hunting for these little easter eggs and every word means something like the second and i know you're the same as me when an episode used to finish I would immediately go and watch it again just to, just to get that second time through to see what this could mean and what that could mean and be hunting fan theories and all that. But now it's fucking dumb. Yeah. I, I, uh, for dumb people. You know, I was, I was, I was like worried. Am I being like too critical? Am I not remembering how good it was? And which is just a total lie. Cause we've both seen it like five times through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I did just like go, you know, like watch like the first three or four episodes of the first season. I'm like, no, I was remembering right. It used to be way, way better. Way better. And that's the thing. And, and yes, it's tough because Game of Thrones was, a, was an 11 on a scale of 1 to 10, right? And I'd, I'll say that because it, it literally, I've said other shows are a 10 before, and this is better than all of them. So like, it was a 10. It was an 11. It was whatever you want to call it. It was the best show out there because it had murder. It had nudity. It had amazing dialogue. It had great acting. It had plot twists. It had suspense. It had fucking dragons. It had fucking, it had things that made you think. Like, every, it had every aspect of a great show, an elite show, a generational show. Now it's just a good show. 
Like now it's just has, you know, good graphics, good costumes, fantastic music, great dialogue. But a lot of shows have that. It, it doesn't have the Easter eggs. It doesn't have the storylines that make sense. Like Arya, her whole life, DC, has been wanting to kill every motherfucker that she comes across, right? She's got a list of like 100 people, like Cersei, the Hound, this, that. The only person not on that list was the Night King. Like, so that's who you have killed the Night King? When John had a list of one, the right. Night King. So it's like Arya killed the Night King, which is the only person she didn't give a fuck about. But by the way, where did Arya exactly jump from? Oh, uh, dude. Like, the Night King was like surrounded by his, his walker and his white cronies. Somehow Arya, I know she's like a ninja, but like what? just all of a sudden she's like flying through the air at him. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I, she's a superhero now. Yeah, pretty superhero. much. She's a superhero. Yeah. Like, it, they could have done that so much, but how would you have done that? Like, is there any idea, anything you would have added to the episode three, not episode four, to change the way that that ended? I mean, if you're going to have Arya do it, you need to have her, like, show her, you know, her stealth or whatever. Like, how, how she sneaks up there, how she gets in there. Like, that's another thing. Like, they just have, they've cut away from what could be some really cool scenes. Like, John, you know, revealing that he's a Targaryen to his, uh, I guess, you know, fake sisters or whatever. And they just, like, don't even show you that conversation, which would be one of the best conversations. Oh should have been one of the best conversations. Oh, my God. The entire series, right? And oh. and then there's, like... Uh, Stay on like, that. Stay on that. Because I-, I wanted to get to there, and you just hit it first. I mean, we've been looking forward to that conversation. I've with- been dying for that. Yeah. Like, the moment when they find... And, and they set it up great, too. Like, the setup was right there. It was like they had that conversation. They had a powerful conversation. Ari and Sansa were kind of talking to John and you knew he had something to hide and they had Brown and Brand, Brand in the background being fucking retarded. And it was like, everything was set up perfect for like a three minute session on this. What does this mean? Are you now with her instead of us? Are we, and they just cliff hung it like, and never went back to it. And then Sansa goes to tell Tyrion and they cliff hung that and did like the most important thing in the show that we've been waiting eight years for. They just fucking said, eh, you don't need to see that. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's just like, why did they choose to make the final season only six episodes? Is it, have you read anything? Is there what's there, the logic behind that? Mayo had a good analysis of it. He said these guys are contracted to write the next three Star Wars movies. So those are gonna suck. Yeah, that's dude. These guys are gonna go down as like legends. Like they're gonna be able to single handedly in a matter of five years destroy the greatest <laughs> TV show of all time and the greatest movies of all time. Like they're going to be like legends. Like you, if you could fuck up game of Thrones and star Wars, like you are literally the word, the nut low of fucking directing producing. You watch the, like, I'm sure you do when that episode's over and the, they got yeah. like, you know, behind the thrones or whatever with the, yeah. With the two fucking nerds, D and D. Yeah. I fucking hate those guys. <laughs> Bro, Did you hear what they said? The, the meme, I, I retweeted it. When, because I was sitting there going, how the fuck did Danny not fucking know that the fucking Ironborn and the fucking whatever gold company, whatever the fuck they're called, the uh, Euron and his guys, how did they not? How were they not on the lookout? Like you could see the fucking castle. You should have been a little higher in the fucking air, looking down, because it, it was a twenty foot cliff that hid fifteen boats. Like the- had to come from the exact precise angle at the lowest of altitudes to cover it. And did you hear the guys after the show? Did you hear their answer? They actually did it. If you go back and rewatch the end of the episode, they said, 
and, and Danny forgot about the Iron Fleet. Like, this scene before they were on a map with stones mapping out where the Iron Fleet was going to come from. How did Danny forget about the Iron Fleet, which was the thing she was going to fucking take out? There's also, I mean, it was like 10 giant warships. Like, those things, like, don't sneak up on you. You're on a dragon. You literally have a bird's eye view of of the surrounding, and somehow you get close enough to these giant warships that can barely move, right? Like, those right. are not, like, speedboats. They don't have, like, and motors. There's a that can human aiming a fucking 5,000-pound arrow machine. Yeah, and, and then somehow you, like, fly right into them. They, they all, they, they fire on your, your dragons. Every spear, you know, it hits its mark and pierces and takes down one of your dragons. And then you, you still got your one dragon that you're on. You, like, fly it, like, straight at them <laughs> instead of up in the air. And then they all miss, like, like, like 100 arrows all missing. As you go, because keep in mind, the best chance of them missing is if you stay as narrow as possible, right? Once you bang a left, like, you've actually widened the surface for them to hit because now you have a 50-foot long thing instead of just the width of the head. So, and plus, it was twice as close, DC. They, they, she flew up like a thousand yards to get closer. So oh, I know, like, yeah, it was like it's so unbelievable and ridiculous. And it's like you know what, you dumb fuck. Once you got the fuck out of there, spin around and catch them from behind and blow them on fire. Like they can't turn that fucking thing all the way around and hit you. Like just yeah. do a circle and fucking hit them from behind. <laughs> and I know people are gonna say we're nitpicking DC, but no, I never in the first five seasons left episodes going. Oh, that was ridiculously stupid. That can never happen. There was minor, minor things, right? Where I was like, when, like when, uh, when Khaleesi landed in the fucking, uh, remember they had like the, what are, what are those pits called? Like the Roman pits that they had? Right, uh, the fighting The pits, harpies yeah. and shit, right? Remember yeah. the dragon came down and it like got fucked up more than right. it fucked everyone up. And you were just like, come on, dude, the dragon should have just hovered over. So, so like there was moments of it. But the scene was so fucking dope that you didn't even care about a plot armor piece here and there. But these, the problem with this is they're just trying to surprise us. Like, they're just trying to go, ha, gotcha. Like, it's broad daylight, and you weren't expecting anything, and we just killed a dragon. Like, Danny blows a three-dragon lead in the most ridiculous of circumstances. Worse than Dan- the Danny, Danny treats her dragons worse than Tyree Kill treats her kids. <laughs> and her dragons treat her. But how many times is a dragon, which is the biggest, baddest thing in the world that for thousands of years everyone talked about and was afraid of, just like the Night King. How many times have you seen a dragon go in and finish a battle where it's like everything's like in trouble and then the dragon comes in and just fucks shit up and like mic drops on the battle? I don't remember one, right? Where the dragon has just come in and cleaned up house. Right. Uh, how many times have you seen a dragon run away? Well, I mean, even during the, the big battle from uh, episode, what was that? Episode uh, three. Um, like Danny and John were just like cruising around on the dragons. Like they weren't even like involved in the, in the thing for most of it. It just made no sense. The dragons didn't do shit, right? Like the dragons didn't do anything. First of all, why are you running out of fucking 50,000 fucking uh, uh, warriors out into the darkness to fight a bunch of Dothraki yeah that was great why are you sending all the Dothraki out there when you could just fucking fly a dragon over and light them all on fire like (laughs) why was the pit surrounding my boy Kevin uh, we talked we talk on the phone after every episode he's fucking great with this 
and we just go over all this shit. He's like, Tommy, why was the pit around the fucking Winterfell like six feet from the fucking people? <laughs> like, shouldn't you have made that like pit like another 50 yards out to buy yourself some time in case they did get through? Like, yeah. And then your big plan was to build this pit that fucking seven dead people can lay on and form a wall to get over? Like, <laughs> all of it has been ridiculous. Everything has been ridiculous. The, the dead people laying on the on the fire to to get across that was one of the most badass scenes of the season. I will say that it was good, but it's like you know you didn't think of that. Like you didn't think that the fire may not hold. Like I guess the dragons were supposed to be there, and they didn't expect the night king to bring the winter in to distract the dragons and shit. But I don't know. It, it just everything seems fucking ridiculous. No, no, I, I do love like they had they had you know a long time to like plan out this battle. They knew exactly that the, uh, you know, um, the army of the dead was coming and their very well, first a thousand move, years. Yeah. To prepare for their it. very first move is to send these badass Dothraki <laughs> horse Lords just straight into this massive <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> what? <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> well, their swords were on fire. So you figure they had to win. Like, by, by the way, have you seen, have you seen the people on Twitter? There's people have written articles, uh, saying that game of thrones is like being unethical because all the like immigrants like the dothraki are dying and <laughs> oh all the brown people yeah i, I quote tweeted <laughs> that like of course all the brown people die it's like oh my god yeah, like, come on man <laughs> kill yourself like come on really like are we really looking for racism and dude did you hear the avengers endgame there was a huge outcry that was t- trending on twitter that there wasn't enough lgbtq representation oh, yeah, dude, I and, tweeted about that. <laughs> like what what do you want them to this fucking you know these fucking characters fucking iron man and all these people have been around for fucking decades on top of decades going back to comic books like we just gonna make them all gay now in the last fucking movie like they haven't been forever you can't just turn fucking iron man gay so that he can represent like calm the fuck down stop looking for something to hate every day you fucking loser the, the gay superhero movie is coming, though. Oh, they're all going to be gay superhero movies. Like, that's <laughs> everything has to be now in order to get fucking people to watch it. It's just fucking insane. But um, the uh, how, how about the part where the fucking uh, dead people, like uh, Leanna Mormont, right, when she died, which was cool that she killed the fucking... There was good parts. I don't mean to just bash it. Like, there right, right, right. parts of this. But it, overwhelmingly, there's more negative than positive by far. It's not really close. But, um, like, when she woke up, right, with the blue eyes... Like, why, for fucking eight seasons, you've been teasing us with, you know what, they can come back from the dead. You got to burn the bodies or else they're going to come back to the dead as a White Walker. And we saw their eyes flash blue. How do you not give me a 60-second scene when John's running through, slashing everyone, trying to get to Bran? How do you not give me 60 seconds? You had Leanna Mormon wake up. How do you not give me 60 seconds of her attacking John as a White Walker and him having the tough decision? Do I kill a 12-year-old girl or however old she is? who used to be like my homie or do I fucking not have the balls to do it and just dodge her now that she's a monster? Like you, you had all their eyes turn blue. You had them wake up, Ed, her, and then the fucking everyone just died two minutes later. Like why even wake them up? Yeah. Just so many lost opportunities from the show. It's, it's disappointing. I, at this point, I'm kind of looking forward to it being over just so that the, <laughs> the sadness of the writing can end for me. You know, it's just, uh, what do you think? What do you think the majority is saying? Because like my timeline is so torn on like it's insane. Like last episode, like you can cut so much because you know they're gonna fast track all these. Fu- Dude, they spent twenty minutes on fucking Jamie and Brienne 
only for him to hit it and quit it and leave her in tears. Like, what's the whole fucking buildup with the drinking game and then them getting naked and then them having sex? And then it's like, oh, all right, they're there. And then he's just like, yo, by the way, bitch, I'm out. All right, go fuck you. My sister's fucking nuts and I got to go love her. Like, why even do, why just leave that out? Like, what's the point? Why are you building it up for nothing to come out of it? Why did you build Arya this amazing weapon that she needed very specific details? I need this specific weapon that fucking comes apart and has points on both ends. Is I don't know if I can make this. You need to make this for me as soon as possible. Make this a priority. For her to swing it for three seconds, kill 10 whites, and then drop it and lose it. Like, it just, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, you're not, this isn't, this isn't you being sneaky and tricky, like, ha, ha, ha. Like, this is you being fucking stupid and not knowing what you're doing. Yeah, I, I wonder if, like, the the show writers, like, think think it's good. Like, if they think they're doing a they good job. To, right? It's just hard to believe that they would. And, and, and I've been screaming that, you know, they're just lazy right now. And meanwhile, it's like, everyone's like, they're not being lazy. You're just, you just don't like dialogue. You just want to see dragons in wars. I am the antithesis of that. I don't give a fuck about battle scenes, honestly. I no, would, not the same way. The battle, the, battle, exactly. the battle episodes are some of the worst episodes, in my opinion. I don't They're care. Good, but. I don't watch Fast and the Furious. I don't watch fucking you know, Gladiator and Braveheart were dope, but I don't watch these fucking movies where everyone's just killing each other and shooting each other and driving fast cars and bang, bang, shoot them up movies, like cop movies. I watch movies with in-depth dialogue, like Breaking Bad where you only have a certain amount of characters and you get so locked in. That's what I want more than anything. But you, you can't excuse the fact that Bronn walked into Winterfell with a motherfucking crossbow, found Jamie and fucking Tyrion in a secret room, and no one fucking stopped them. Like, how do you just coast in with a fucking crossbow and find two of the most important people on the show? Yeah, how, did, how, did, how exactly did he know where they were? <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you start doing shit like this, like, you know what used to happen? What used to happen is we'd see something like that, and then we'd be like, how did that happen? And then later in the episode, or three episodes later, they'd go back to, like, Braun building a tunnel underground and popping up, and underst- And then you'd be like, oh, that's how he got in. Or, you know, he, he did all that in episode one, and in episode 30, he's using that tunnel by the time you forgot about it. Things didn't just happen. Everything that happened was set up a season, a week, a year, an episode before. Like the fucking necklace that was used to poison Joffrey. Like there was like four Easter eggs before that, going all the way back to the court jester being state. Like they're not setting anything up. They're rushing it. And when people say they're not rushing it, then why the fuck was there a Starbucks cup in front of fucking Cersei, uh, in front of uh, Danny? I love how we somehow got like 30, 40 minutes into this discussion without bringing up the Starbucks cup. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? You're telling me they're not rushing it and being lazy, yet they left a goddamn Starbucks cup in, like, in plain sight, DC, not in the corner where some nerd had to see it. When I rewatched it, my exact thing was, how did I not see that the first time? Well, what's interesting is, like, th- that's – you know, it's horrible that they did that, but like, I don't really care about that. No, you know? like, I think you and I care way more about all the stupid writing oh, yeah. and, and plot uh, holes that they're leaving in the story. Like the Starbucks cup, that's it shows that they're lazy. It shows that they're rushing it. Uh, it shows that they kind of don't give a shit anymore. Same thing with uh, the Daenerys, a different hairstyle in like, <laughs> the same scene. Right. Um, but like for me, the you know all all the, just the writing mistakes is a bigger deal than these stupid stupid mistakes that they've made. Yeah, like Jon Snow is just a useless sack of nothing. Like if you took Jon Snow out of the show, the show doesn't change. 
at all. Like literally nothing changes. Like it's, you could totally have taken him out because he didn't do anything to stop anything. His yeah, whole mission. break his legs and he can join Bran and wheel around. You could have, yeah, you could have just made fucking, made another character play two parts. You could have had Sam Tarly be fucking Jon Snow and lead people from the wall and fucking jump on a dragon to fall off six times and get saved by three girls. Like <laughs> anyone could have done that. Like you didn't, you didn't need him in there. Yeah, but, let's good. give me some, give me some predictions now, DC. So. Uh, if you had to bet on who's on the throne, give me a, give me like a chalk and a long shot. I think Sansa's still a, a good bet at this point. Uh, it kind of seems like they are trending that direction, and it would go kind of with what we've seen from these writers and, and you know, kind of favoring the women in the show so far. Uh, between Don, uh, John and Danny, I don't know. Danny, by the way, like... <laughs> I love how she's, you know, her whole her whole thing is that she's the rightful heir to the throne. Then she learns that no, she's no, not. she is not. This person that she supposedly loves and respects and thinks is a great leader as well is actually the rightful heir. She's like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> Talk about rushing. That should have been a season and a half. Like. Danny has gone from the most lovable person to evil, which is fine. We've seen that before. And that's great when that happens. We saw it with Theon, right? He was lovable, then he was evil, then he was lovable, right? Like, that's great. You like the Jamie, Jamie Lannister. The problem with it is it's happened in like four hours. Right. Like, like she literally, like, has she turned into the Mad King in an episode. Like, in literally from the middle of episode three to like the end, middle of episode four, she went from like someone like you root for to like, oh, this bitch needs to die. Like it, it's, it happened too fast. And that's why I say these things are being rushed. That whole situation about, you know, her and John should have been gone on longer and dragged out. Because think about how amazing Joffrey was, right? One of the most hated characters, but also in my mind, the best character in the history of the show. Uh, he just made the show. He, that, that kid crushed it. Right. Joffrey. So much so that his life is probably fucked because anytime he meets anyone, they probably think he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> I've heard that he's like the nicest guy I'm ever. sure he is. You know, he's fucked. <laughs> like his, his life is over. Uh, but I imagine him with a girl in a room for the first time and turning the lights off or something. <laughs> Things going to pull out a crossbow or some shit. Yeah, don't, don't break out the handcuffs on the first date. Yeah, right? exactly. He's going to need to tame down his sex. <laughs> for sure. But like, think about how long did like Joffrey went from like kid to spoiled kid and then five episodes later he was like oh he's a really bad kid then five later it was like oh he's a motherfucker and then it's like oh he's evil and then it's like oh he's a psychopath right like but that was a journey they took us through from like spoiled little kid to like epitome of evil in like two and a half seasons Cersei's development has taken seven seasons they're just rushing it now because Danny went from fucking A to Z in two weeks you know, and, and that's the shit that's bothering me. And everyone's like, well, they only have six episodes left. No, fuck you. They only have six episodes left because they motherfucking chose to right. do six more episodes. So I'm not going to give them a pass because they decided to rush me. If I'm excited to go to the Yankee game today, DC, and we're supposed to go for nine innings and you make me leave after three when the game's 5-5 five, five in the fourth, I'm not going to go, well, uh, well, I only got three innings. I'm going to go, no, fuck you, DC, for doing that. So I hate that people are giving them a pass because they chose to fuck us because they care more about Star Wars than their fans. Yeah, the, the beauty and the genius of the show was in the details and how intricate it was and, and the dialogue. 
and that's just all gone, right? They're just, they're just like, there's, there's no more uh, mystery, you know, it's just, it's just all out there. Uh, no more good dialogue, no more things that, you know, kind of sneak up on you that you have to track. Uh, it's just, it just went to shit. It just did. And yeah. it's sad because it was so good. <clears throat> and even the, uh, just to wrap this up, even the, uh, even the throwbacks that they did have, like they fucked up almost all of them, you know, like Arya killing the night King with Bran's dagger that he gave her like dope, but you just had her make a new weapon and she's not supposed to be the one killing him. So, and then you had the, uh, you know, when, when Melisandre said like, uh, what do we say to the God of death? Not today. Awesome. Love that line. Have the t-shirt, but she didn't say that. How the fuck does she know? She wasn't there. Like that yeah. was someone else who said that, like, you know, like there's all these throwbacks that like, yeah, they're cool to remind us, but like, they don't really fit in like what you're doing here. It seems like you're just forcing in a throwback in some of these situations. So anyway, I'm sure this podcast is going to get a shit ton of heat because we just blasted the show for the whole entire time. But uh, any bold predictions on the next two episodes, DC, because we won't be on together next week. So any predictions on who makes it through and uh, who gets murked and maybe one or two hows before we pivot over to sports talk? Uh, I don't think any of the Starks are going down at this point. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be some lame ending where John, you know, agrees to let Danny rule the throne and it's all, you know, the, the Arya and Sansa come around to it. And it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't have high hopes for these last two episodes. I have to say. I mean, after episode two, everyone told me there's four more episodes and I told them I don't have high hopes and they're That's lower. not very many episodes. Yeah, there's lower now because we have literally two and a half hours left to wrap up 47 storylines. So the fact that they gave like, a lot of characters who were secondary characters, like full arcs, like Theon got like a 15 minute buildup over the course of two episodes. Um, Jorah got this big buildup where he was in multiple scenes before it. Masande and Grey Worm have had multiple moments for their deaths. Like you'd imagine then John and Danny and all these people would need like five episode buildups before their deaths. So I think what happens is John kills Danny. Danny goes nuts. I thought Danny made it through initially, but now that they've turned her so bad so quick, I didn't think they had time to make her this bad, but they fucking did it. So now I think she dies. I think John ends up killing her um, for Sansa. I think that he has to make a tough decision. He probably like pledges his loyalty to her and then fucks her over and kills her in the same way her father was killed, where her father, Mad King, was killed by his hand. I think she ends up getting stabbed in the back by her main dude, which is Jon Snow. Um, I think like eight to 10 people make it through all the Starks. Uh, I think Tyrion might make it through now too. I didn't before. Um, I think, I think Grey Worm might even make it through. Like, I think we're going to see 10 people make it through and there'll be some sort of fucking democracy where no one even sits on the fucking throne. Like Tormund, you rule the North and you know, you rule Westeros. And- yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and everyone gets a fucking socialist fucking loser. Me too. Ending. <laughs> yep. it's uh, pretty much what I think is going to go down. Um, yeah, I, I like that prediction. It's, I don't think we're going to lose uh, very many more of the, you know, quote unquote, good characters. I think that's yeah. pretty much done at this point. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie's going to go. I think he yeah. kills Euron. Uh, and then he, Cersei's going to go. Hopefully it's with Arya wearing Jamie's face. And then, uh, and then yeah, we're not going to get too many more deaths. We'll get the Mountain and the Hound, which should be a whole fucking episode, the Clegane Bowl. 
Right. I, I, don't, I don't know how they could even do that now. It's probably going to be a three-minute fight scene, if they even fight at all with these fucking people. But now maybe it's Grey Worm killing the mountain out of nowhere when we've waited seven years for fucking <laughs> you know, the hound to kill the mountain because they just literally are writing a new show over the last fucking two seasons. They just scrapped everything from before. But um, sorry for those of you that think this uh, episodes and shows have been great. You're just not very smart, and you're part of the dumb people that probably didn't like it as much before and love it more. Yeah, I mean, no, no one's a bigger fan of the show than you and I. No, but like, you know, I wish these episodes were amazing. If they were, I didn't want to be. This on podcast here. would be more fun than it's been, but it's just the truth. I've talked the whole world into watching this show. <laughs> like every one of my friends who watches it, it's because of me. And I'm like literally saying, like, if if you were binging this show. Like, let's say you had a best friend binging this show from day one, starting now, and you were sitting next to him and you watched it with him. And they were like, yo, this White Walker shit is going to be bad at this night. And you'd probably want to say, eh, don't get your hopes up, right? <laughs> yeah. like, Jon Snow is like a superhero. Eh, don't get your hopes up. He falls down a lot in battle. Like, and it, like everything that you was built up for, you'd probably be telling him, uh, oh, Bran has to have an important role. They spend the whole, eh, don't get your hopes up. He's pretty much useless. You know, so that's the problem. But anyway, let's get to some sports stuff. For those of you just tuning in right now, uh, hopefully I minute marked this in the podcast and you missed the Game of Thrones stuff, which if you know any friends or family who like Game of Thrones, pretty in-depth, awesome episode bashing the shit out of it right there. Uh, So even if you don't like Game of Thrones, you might have liked it hearing a shit on it. But let's get to some sports-related stuff here, DC. I got a tweet today saying, if you could change five things in MLB, what would it be? And me and you have a long-standing debate that we've never had, which I think we're going to have now. And one of mine was a computerized strike zone. So my five, I don't know if you have a list of five or whatever, if you have a couple, but tell me if you agree or disagree with any of these. I had computerized strike zone, uh, change the official scoring so mental errors and poor judgment are actual errors, uh, which as a DFS player, you have to agree with that, correct? Oh, of course. That I mean, that's just that's a yeah. no-brainer. It just happened in the Yankee game. Two outfielders fucking couldn't decide who was going to catch it, and it was ruled a double. Um, both a fucking error. Exactly. Seriously. Um, shorten the season to 120 games so that the playoffs are done before NFL Week One. Uh, that would be amazing. Uh, every stadium must have a retractable roof. I took some heat on this, but I think I proved my point. And then six teams make the playoffs in each league. 120 games. First two get a bye. And then the other ones play seven game series instead of this one play game wild card shit. So give me your takes on any of those. Which one you want to address first? Let's talk about the computerized strike zone. <laughs> oh, let's, you let's, want to go right into it. it. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. Let's, let's get right into it because this is the most interesting one Set to me. Set the stage here first about, like, for those of you people that don't know you and don't know me, why it's going to be shocking which sides are on. Yeah, I mean, I, like, we're both huge, huge baseball fans. Um, but I think, you know, I've always from when I was literally, a, you know, in middle school, high school, just loved the analytical side of the game, the statistical side of the game. And uh, obviously watched a ton of baseball, played baseball. And you are more, you know, uh, I don't I'm know. Dumb. Fan, <laughs> I think the right word, but like you're not quite into the analytics as I am. And now obviously we have like the K zone, right? You're watching a broadcast on ESPN. It tells you, or actually, frankly, most broadcasts at this point tell you, if a pitch was a strike by the definition of the strike zone, they can, you know, they can track it with all the, with all the cameras, the high speed cameras, the stat cast, all that stuff. Um, so there's been a debate in baseball, whether or not they should just get rid of the home plate umpires calling balls and strikes and have the computerized strike zone, just decide what's a, what's a ball and a strike uh, when it crosses the plate. Um, and I do am not in favor of this and you are, which I can't believe, it's shocking. 
Because you, you're a precision guy. You want precision, like one-tenth of a percentage of it right, right. means everything in DFS. And I'm a old-school, like, watch the game. You watch all the games, too. But I'm, like, just my eyes are everything. I like the old-school. I like Wrigley Field. I like, you know, I like stadiums that still look kind of shitty, but they're fucking got history and stuff. So, yeah, we, we would normally be on opposite sides of this argument. But I, I need you to explain to me why the fuck – you think we should still have 90-year-old men with poor vision who standing behind a catcher being blocked deciding whether a ball is a strike or a ball? So I think if you made it a computerized strike zone, the the shitty pitchers would be uh, rewarded way more than the good pitchers. And the reason I think that this is, this is my main point about it, I do agree that, uh, you know, on on many borderline pitches, having a computerized strike zone would be – beneficial but here's my issue with it let's say you get uh your right-handed pitcher and you got a a, a nice wipeout slider and you get a right-handed batter oh and two right and you're trying to throw that that uh that slider down and away to get a swing and strike right pretty standard scenario yep you follow me every it happened 50 times today right and but what happens so the catcher sets up down and away uh and you completely fuck up your pitch right you don't get any spin on your slider. Uh, it doesn't move at all. Um, and it just kind of, you know, concrete mixers its way into the uh, the upper inside corner for that right-handed batter where the catcher basically, he misses it, right? Because he's set up like four feet away, down and away. You throw it up and in because you're, you're, you, your execution was so bad on the pitch. It goes to the backstop because the catcher can't reach up that far from where he was set up. And the computerized strike zone says strike three on that pitch. That would be horseshit. I mean, so I, I mean, and by that logic, we should eliminate bank shots in the NBA that weren't intentional. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about I mean it. Yes. If, 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 if I'm shooting a half quarter and I just throw it up and it banks off the fucking backboard and misses the intended target but goes in, then that shouldn't count do either. You, do you think that pitch should be strike three? We should, yes. Yes, we should also eliminate any tipped ball that goes into a wide receiver's hands that runs for a touchdown on a bad pass that should have been intercepted. We should just eliminate anything. The bottom line is there's a fucking strike zone in the rule book. In the fucking rule book, it says the strike zone is from here to here. The NBA basket is 10 feet high. The end zone is 100 yards away from the other goal line. Like these rules were put in, the bases are 90 feet away. There's specific rules for this. Now, here's the problem. When you start to fuck with that strike zone, one, we talk about games being fixed and people being paid off. And I've said a million times, the umpires and referees are the easiest people to pay off because they're only making a couple grand a game and they control the whole fucking game. The only person who controls a game more than a home plate umpire is an NBA referee, right? Like that's, that's the problem. And they're probably the same if you could even say the umpires more control. I don't want to give West... And these fucking idiots, these 90-year-old fucking nothings who basically are tenured like a fifth-grade teacher who can't even see anymore, control of a baseball game when I have a computerized system that tells me exactly what a ball and a strike was. As a pitcher, I want to know where the strike zone is. And as a hitter, I want to know where the strike zone is. And it, it just boggles my mind that they would even show the K zone on TV, DC, because what is the positive of it? The, if a ball is called a strike that's in the K zone, everyone's going to be like, oh, it was a strike. But if a ball is called a ball, uh, called a strike that was out of the K zone or vice versa, you're basically pissing your fans off 
and causing controversy. You're actually making the job harder on the umpires. You're making it worse on them, and you're making it a worse experience for the fans because in NBA, we can argue if James Harden flopped or if that should have been called. But the bottom line is in baseball, it's black and white. My team just lost because they fucked up, which makes the viewing experience and the product worse, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually, I actually prefer broadcasts without the K-Zone, like, overlaid. On yeah, the- don't have it. If you're not going to use it on the field, you shouldn't have it on the TV. Like, I, I, I think it's cool. Like, I, I don't mind when they, you know, okay, so a pitch, like, let's say they don't have it. I think ESPN has it up there every pitch at this point. Yeah. Like, let's say, you know, batter, uh, pitcher throws the ball, and it's a close call, and then, like, they go back and show, oh, this was actually a strike. That's cool. But when the actual game is going on and there's this, like, box in there, for me, that that hurts the viewing experience. I'm, I'm guessing I'm in the minority on that one. I don't hate that. I want the box out. I want the box out because I just watched Masahiro Tanaka, who was getting just raped on pitch. Dude, he was pitch. so hard. I mean, have you ever – I had five and a half Ks. He didn't have his best stuff. He looked like shit. And he still ended up with four Ks, and he got pulled early. He should have had, like, nine strikeouts today, according to that fucking K-zone. And it's like, dude, it's – Here's the other argument, DC, with this. So if you're not going to use it, take the fuck off. Like, I don't want to see it. Like, hide it from me. If you got the technology to call proper balls and strikes, use it for the fucking game. Don't use it for the fucking fans to piss us off. But here's the other part, DC. A lot of people say, and I have another analogy here, so I don't want to ambush you, but I do have a mic drop analogy here. I just want to know if you're on the right side. I won't, I won't bait you into the corner like I usually do. <laughs> show. So... Um, but a lot of people say there's an art to framing pitches and there's an art to extending the strike zone like Maddox used to do and Smoltz used to do in these guys to work the umpire. And that's part of the beauty of the game. Are you on the same side with that? To some degree, I am, yes. Okay. Here's the problem with those people, okay? There's also an art to getting a referee to call fouls on you in the NBA. There's an art to flopping. There's an art to what James Harden does. There's an art for an athletic elite player who is going to get the benefit of the doubts on calls. Like you said, the the elite pitchers, the Kershaws of the world, are going to get more corners than fucking some kid who just came up from AAA or fucking Peralta or someone like that, right? The problem with that is what they're doing in the NBA is there's elite players just taking a little bit more like Durant with that cross through that's fucking annoying and ruining the game by basically changing the rules and making themselves unguardable by manipulating weak old men on the court. We hate it in the NBA when they do that. But isn't a catcher doing the same exact thing by framing a pitch? You're taking advantage of a man with poor view behind you with a, with a six-foot-four guy blocking him who can't really see the fucking plate or where across to begin with, and you're manipulating him and changing the rules just like a flop or just like a trap before instant replay in football. But in baseball, for some reason, we want it. But in football, we don't want the trap. We want it reviewed and called a no-catch. In basketball, we want the flopping out. We want official manipulating out of every sport except baseball. Why? Uh, Well, you make a good point, but I actually don't mind – uh, James Harden and Kevin Durant manipulating the officials, kind of bending the rules in their favor. I think that's a a skill that the smartest, the best players have. I, I kind of admire it. Uh, so I would push back on that point. And I will also the say... Minority, so you can actually argue the other side because you, in order to argue this point, you have to be okay yeah. with that. Because Would you agree, though, that 
flopping and pitch framing are pretty much the same thing in some respect. Yeah, no, no, I, I do. So, that so you have to be either on the side of both or anti both. So yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm with that. I also am. I think the replay review in most sports has gone too far, uh, particularly in the NBA. It's like I, if you're going to have to, you know, you got these officials out there. You, sometimes you just let them make a make a call, um, and you know they they've been proven right. Like the the vast vast majority of calls are correct. I think it's something like ninety two percent of pitches are called correctly anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. I don't mind some human error sports in general, you know, from the players, it's just full of human error. We're going to talk about right. human error. Watch, from, Brent, watch Brett Gardner play the outfield. Like he did it three times today. Like <laughs> So, so, so I don't, I don't mind that the umpires miss a call or two. I do. I, the one point that I will really strongly agree with you is with, uh, you know, the, the upcoming legalization of, of gambling, the integrity of the sport can easily be changed uh, so much by like an whole plate umpire. So, uh, you know, obviously I'm all for, you know, the legalization of sports betting and all that stuff. So that's the one point where, you know, I am kind of on board uh, with the replays, reviews and the computerized strikes zone because it would eliminate um, you know, possible integrity issues with the umpires there. Yeah, and and I think the replays do get to be a little bit too much. I like a challenge system. I think a challenge system is perfect, the same way they do it in, in a lot of the sports, where not every single thing is reviewed just because it's a thing that happened. Like, you get a certain amount of challenges, and I do feel if you keep winning, you can keep challenging. But once you call a referee out and you're wrong, you should probably lose the right to challenge the rest of the game, and then you have to deal with the outcomes of the results because – it does fuck up the games. The NBA, I mean, it's fucking crazy. The last fucking two minutes of a game take 45 minutes because every tip ball, every fucking thing that bounces off a finger, everything can be reviewed. College basketball drives me nuts because you could review, like, some of the dumbest shit. You can review a hook and hold, which is, like, fucking stupid, but you can't review a goaltend, which is black and white. Like, like it, it, the places that they put them are just kind of crazy. The pitching changes in baseball are another thing, which I know you're adamant about. You, you hate that fucking one-man reliever, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I think they're going to go to – got to get a minimum of three outs. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love that change. Uh, the, the left-handed reliever who can only get out one batter. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Stop. Yeah, I mean, do, do you, is that what it is, though? I haven't looked into it. Do you, every reliever who comes in has to get three outs or face three batters. Is that right? I think you either have to get three outs or no, face three batters or finish the inning. I think. Okay. I was going to say, finish the inning would make sense, right? So you could yeah. bring in a specialist for the last out or two. But yeah, you just shouldn't be able to bring in three pitchers in an inning to face a left Yeah, exactly. So that, that'll be a nice change. I mean, I don't know if it's really good, like speeding up the game from an average of like three hours and seven minutes to like two hours and 56 minutes. Like, does people be like, I'm in on baseball now. Like, I don't, I don't really know. The but. speeding up the game is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, no one cares. Like, if, <laughs> no. it, it, if you could speed it to two hours, you'll make the game fucking seven innings. There you go. You know, like, if you could speed it to two hours, yeah, it's going to drastically increase viewership. But like you said, like, cutting nine minutes off, three and a half, like, like it, it doesn't matter. Like, I'd rather the game be done right than fucking try and. I, I just haven't really heard, like, any true baseball fans, which is all that really matters. Right. Uh, complain that the games are too long. It's like, no, we like the sport. <laughs> right, and that's the thing. It's like if it's two hours and 58 minutes instead of three hours and seven, my girlfriend is still going to complain that the game's too long. Yeah. Like, it's it's not like they're going to be like the casual fans going to be like, oh, 258? 
Oh, I can do that. 304. I ain't got time for that shit. Like if, so. if you're if you don't like baseball, you're gonna be bored at like minute minute right. five. <laughs> I can even get fucking bored. Like it doesn't make sense. Um the official scoring we talked about. Shortening a season is just obviously something that will never be done ever. Just, right. Like NBA should be fucking fifty-five games. Uh MLB should be 120, and football should be twenty-two, right? Like they should lengthen football. But That'll never happen because there's too much money to be made in those extra 42 games or those extra 20 games in the NBA. But uh, it should happen. We shouldn't be playing baseball games, the most important baseball games of the year, in fucking November. Like, that's insanity. Uh, yeah, I, I agree that the, you know, the playoffs in the World Series should be moved up because it gets so damn cold. Uh, and, like, baseball is a summer game, you know? Like, baseball's at its best when it's – bright sunshine and 80 degrees you know sure, outdoors July, right right and and then you get you know you get into october november for the world series and everybody's got like face masks on and it's just that's not who's really in the, the who's in the fucking world series all the time the yankees the red Sox, like all the teams that play in the northeast with the worst weather you know are, are some of the best teams Cubs, right it's like the teams that are the best like out even san fran right like they're in their shit ton and that's the worst spot in california weather-wise so it, it just so that could be solved, DC, by my next point of every stadium should have a retractable roof. This one I disagree with for sure. Okay, I, I did. I disagree with my own comment here <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, and I think you're going to go there, but I'll let you go first. Uh, if like it, this is a good idea in theory because obviously the the weather issues, uh, especially early on and, and late in the season, are just annoying as a fan, and you know it's no fun to go to a game where it's miserable out. But it's not really that fun to go to a baseball game that's indoors anyway. Uh, so I'll say that. And then it would ruin, like, just, like, the the structure of the stadiums. Uh, like, I don't know if, if you've been to Miller Park in Milwaukee, but even when the roof is open, it feels like you're enclosed. Because right. just, just how it's the still roof – It overhangs over a part of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And you've got to have, like, giant walls, right, uh-huh. all around the stadium to, like, support the roof. And then, you know, you can't get the good views. You just don't feel like you're outside. So it doesn't feel the same to me. So that's, that's why I disagree with the rejectable roof thing. So, so I feel like, because the question was if I was the commissioner, right? Like as the commissioner, I wouldn't care as much about that because that little bit of fan experience and nostalgia will be offset by half full stadiums when it's 50 degrees out, you know, 30 to 50 games a year, right? So from a revenue standpoint, I'm going to bring more people into the stadium I'm going to, it's for a player safety standpoint, I'm going to have less double headers and less back to backs and people playing on what were supposed to be off days and things of that sort. People playing in the rain, that's dangerous. The ball slips out of your hand and hits a guy in the face, right? So it's, I, I, that's why I say <clears throat> I'm for it. But at the same token, yeah, I wouldn't want a retractable roof on Yankee Stadium. But if you can build a bubble, like a big like bubble that you like a snow globe that you could drop over the stadium, <laughs> like that would be ideal, right? If I could still get all the same sight lines and shit. But uh, I, I just – I can't have fucking November World Series baseball and October World Series baseball being played in partial snow. Like, retractable – they're not going to shorten the season, so I feel like a retractable roof on every stadium would solve that if they figured out a technology that was better to stop making it overhang, you know, where it does kind of feel like Miami where you're closed in. But uh, I, I like this idea in theory. I just – the current technology. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I guess that's where we'll settle on. If they had better technology for it, then I'm all for it. But the, the funniest response is I got three responses of people saying, you know how expensive that is? Teams can't afford that. Fucking Miami did it. 
They get nine people in the stands. If Miami can afford it, then look at who the worst weather teams are. The, Yan- the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Nationals, the Phillies. The whole Northeast are the biggest markets. Those are the ones who need it the most. Trust me, they could all fucking afford it. So it's not a price issue. What about the six teams make the playoffs top two get a buy? Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think more more teams in the baseball playoffs would be good. Um, you know, it still be, would still be relatively difficult to make it, but uh, it would give a chance to – I mean, baseball, kind of like the NBA, just has issues with the, with the parity thing where there's just a lot of super teams uh, in both leagues, and this would kind of open it up to some other teams, keep teams more competitive throughout the season. Uh, and then would also, you know, top two get a buy would reward the, the better teams, which I think is – I mean – that would be huge in baseball because anything can happen in a five or seven oh, yeah. baseball series to get a buy through the first round would be huge. And Gigantic. I mean, the 162 games and now you get a week off while the other teams got to get, it's like the all-star break. Our players like dragged to the all-star break, right? Like you'll be fresh as shit walking against a team that just banged out a six, seven game series right before you without a break. I mean, yeah. So this would, I mean, it would keep, you know, teams kind of on the fringe more motivated by allowing more teams into the playoffs. And it would also keep, the very top teams more motivated to compete for those buys. And, you know, that's, that's one of the issues I think you see in a lot of sports, you get to the last uh, 10%, you know, 10% of the regular season, 20% of the regular season and teams that have nothing to play for just go in the tank. Um, and that can even happen, you know, if you, if you've kind of uh, sealed your spot at the top as well, but this would, kind of solve both of those issues to some degree. So I like this idea a lot. Yeah, I, th- I think it's huge. I think it has to happen. And if you did all of it in the 120-game season, it'd be, it'd be even better. But um, that's it. You had a tweet, DC. I don't know if you have it up or have it handy or even remember any of it. You had some NFL rules that you wanted to change. Do you remember any of those? Some of them were really – I think those were a joke. They, they were a joke. But they were amazing because you basically, like, made the XFL part two. Like you said, like fighting should be encouraged and like all kinds of shit. Like yeah. Everyone should be forced to do steroids. Like I never there was a bunch of them. But. Those, those, those good tweets come when I'm just like, I've had the perfect amount of boxed wine and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I want you to do me a favor when we get off here, if you could dig that up and retweet that. I, yeah, I can re- find it. I want to recirculate that. So uh, NBA playoffs real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on this. I do want to do want to pat myself on the back. I wasn't alone in this, but four years ago, I was touting that if I started it, I was with Roto Grinders, I think, when I did this. I think it was five years ago. Um, I was in arguments that Kawhi Leonard um, would be the person I would start an NBA team with. And for the reason that he's a killer, he plays defense, he's clutch, and he wasn't even the player he is now back then. So if you were going to start an NBA team right now with what you've been seeing, who are guys like look at the Knicks, right? Like if the Knicks could go out and get anyone they wanted, if Durant and Kawhi and Westbrook and then Steph Curry and everyone was available and you were the Knicks in a big market to start it, um, who would be a couple guys in this playoffs that you would want on your team or that you wouldn't want on your team and maybe some guys that have changed your opinion over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think I personally think Kevin Durant is the current best player in the league. Um, he doesn't always show it and I don't – uh, going to to the Warriors from your chief rival from OKC, I I think I think he sh- like I think it's right that he had the right to do that as a free agent, but I don't have the same level of respect for him personally that he did it. You know, like you and I have played on teams, and you don't just you don't just abandon your 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 team and your and your friends and your fans to go to your biggest rival like. Right. I have an issue with that, but I, I mean, he's imagining, just, imagine you leaving us to go to Arbor pro. 
Yeah. Uh, hopefully it does not come to that. That'll be a sad day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Durant, I, I absolutely love what I've seen from him, but there's obviously up and comers in the NBA as well. So I know you're not as into the, to the national basketball association as I am. And I, get I think it. it's the piece of shit. I think it's the worst product. What's your, what's your biggest problem with it? Everything, every, like everything. Like I think the problem with it is you, I will tell you, and I will agree with you that the single best athletes, most gifted, most talented, super genetic freaks in the world of the top hundred in the United States and across all sports, 87 of them are basketball players, right? Yeah. So you, I'm saying it like they're so gifted and so talented and agile and fucking, you know, their motor twitch skill, everything is fucking insane, but it's not about that anymore. It's such a one-on-one, like here's what the NBA comes down to in every single game. Who's going to draw the most fouls and get free throws, which I think you should literally eliminate free throws from the NBA, or who's going to stand behind a three-point line and just keep firing threes at a basket? Like, there's when you look at guys like Malone and, like, the Sixers and, and some of these teams like, like Brent Brown, like, the worst coaches in the history of the world can actually succeed in today's NBA because it has nothing to do with drawing up plays. It has nothing to do with anything. It just – just get a bunch of athletes and let them play playground ball and just fucking call fouls every time. And it's just such a bailout fucking bullshit fire three league where it's not even fun anymore. There's no physicality in it. Like there used to be used to have fights with the Knicks and Pacers. People never left teams back then. And I know it's a different world and a different time and people are getting paid more. But you know, when you go think of your favorite players from the past, like Larry Bird was a Celtic magic. Johnson was a Laker. You know, like there was like Charles Barkley who bounced around and Shaq who bounced around a little. But every other player you could think of was like, you think Knicks Pacers, it was like Rick Smiths and Patrick Ewing and fucking Oakley and Reggie Miller. Like you knew Starks. Like, I don't know. The NBA is just lost now. Once people start going to their rivals and shit, that's too far. I'm okay with changing teams, but this whole fucking LeBron bailing on Cleveland, Durant going to the Warriors, like I'm done with it. I'm over it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with the second half of your points there with players moving all over. It just makes it less fun. Uh, it makes it less fun for me. It makes it harder to be a fan of a team when the team – You've got to be a fan of a player, right, more than a team nowadays. Yeah, which, you know, as DFS players, like I, I kind of get that to some extent. But, like, you know, I had season tickets to the to the Timberwolves back when I lived in Minneapolis. And, like, people would ask me, oh, who's your, you know, who's your favorite Timberwolf? And it was Ricky Rubio. Right. Like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's not the, the best player. It's like, so it doesn't, that's not what it's about. You know, like he, like giving everything for the team. Like, and it's, it feels like that's, people like don't understand that anymore that you could like possibly have your favorite player be the, the, the not best player on the team. Right. Um, and I just think that that kind of attitude is kind of infiltrated the whole, the whole league. Uh, and it's, it just makes it less fun. Like sports, uh, you know, they're kind of about like, going to war with your, your teammates, you know, your friends. And now it's just, it's just not really about that. These guys are all obviously friends and it makes it less, it makes it less fun for me. I mean, you can even talk about it from a baseball sense. I don't know what your opinion is on, you know, uh, like the, the Kevin Gaussman thing where he gets ejected for going at the opposing pitcher. Or considering I had his K prop and he got thrown out in the second inning. Yeah. That, that was, uh, right. But like putting, putting that aside, even like, I think Kevin Gaussman did the right thing in that 100%. game. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. For, people, for, those, that don't, for those that don't know, to, to fill you in, um, the pitcher, Urena, actually uh, from the Marlins threw at Acuna Jr. Last year. Yeah, last year, who's either the best or second best player on the Braves. It's debatable. But he's an elite superstar talent, young kid. Threw at him basically at his head. I think he hit him in the wrist, right? Didn't he break his wrist or something, like defending his head? Yeah, exactly. Hit him in the wrist. There had been no no beef between the Marlins and the Braves. just getting their ass kicked. Acuna had been basically homered in like six straight games or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so he, he threw at him. And then this is the first time that the that the, the Braves had faced uh, Jose Urena, the Marlins pitcher, uh, Gaussman. Like he has to throw at him. Yeah, you literally have to throw at him. Like he put him on. By the way, he put Acuna on the DL. So he took their. This is a good team, decent team, pretty good team, right? They make the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, they were a good team last year. Uh, the hottest hitter, homer in six straight games, on fire, young talent, superstar, come up from the minors, like kill it. And you basically put him on the DL, hurt their season, went after their player, and then they didn't see each other again until this year when that kid pitched. And he went up in the batter's box. Gaussman, who's the pitcher for the Braves, threw it behind Urena, didn't throw it at his head, threw it at his knees behind him by a foot. Like, that is the most gentlemanly thing you could have done in that situation. That was almost a cop-out, DC. I thought it was a cop-out by Gaussman because you got to go fucking go headhunt him or at least peg him. And he went behind him, behind his knee, threw it behind him. That way his teammates don't think he's a pussy. The fans fucking respect him and go on with the fucking game. No one got hit. And without a warning, they just threw Gossman out of the game. Yeah, which was, which was, I thought, pretty ridiculous that they threw him out for that. But, like, he's, he's got to he's gotta do that. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, back in my, you know, my, my soccer playing days, like, if, if one of my teammates, right or wrong, is in, like, a fight with another player – I've got my teammates back. Do you know 100%. what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Like, dude, look, Nick's Heat, Nick's Pacers, Charles Barkley. Like, look at all these guys back in the day. Like, you fuck with a player. The Detroit Pistons, the bad boy Pistons, even Jordan and them. Like, you fucking touch anyone on our team, and our biggest, baddest motherfucker is flying off the bench and coming after your head, no matter what the suspension is. Like, they're coming for you. You know, like, that's or you're getting it on the next play. Like, nowadays, no one gives a fuck. Yeah, he fucking cares nowadays. Like, like you you watch Ben Simmons play basketball, and he like represents like the attitude of the NBA. Like, I feel like they don't even fucking care. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, like these guys are stars. Ben Simmons can't shoot, and Embiid's sick every fucking day and choking at the end of every game. Like half these star, like Steph Curry disappears for fucking twenty minutes of a game and then starts chucking up threes in the last two minutes like crazy. And if he hits one or two, he's a god. And if he misses them. They fucking lose to the Rockets. Like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of Russell Westbrook. Like, how many times has this dude got to fucking go out in the first fucking round before you stop calling him a fucking cult hero? Like, I just – I don't think most of these stars are really – I do think Durant is. Um, I think there's a few. I think Jokic, who gets no press, is a complete and utter yeah. superstar. I think fucking Kawhi, who gets no press until right now, is a complete superstar. I think Dame Lillard is a complete superstar. Outside of, like, six guys – the rest of them are just overhyped stat mongers. That's all they fucking are. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, you know, you're 23 years old and you get a $100 million contract or you know you're going to get one in the next year or two. It's, uh, that obviously pays. Tough in. to care about winning. 
It is, yeah. Yep. What do you think of this Warriors-Houston series? I know me and you aren't big fans of the Warriors and like seeing all the Silicon Valley trust fund boys, as you tweeted the other day, uh, <laughs> get wiped out. So uh, what do you think of the series 2-2 right now as we're doing this podcast? I'm, I'm rooting for the Rockets, man. <laughs> so am I. Yeah, so got to be. A lot of reasons. Um, and then uh, what about Boston here? A lot, of, lot of, uh, lot of the NBA sharps were out there running around on Twitter pounding their Boston chests after game one and uh, – Pretty quiet, pretty quick. Gian, Giannis is a man. You got to be a Giannis fan. I love Giannis. I fucking love Giannis. Yeah, no, I uh, I think um, the Bucks are going to make it out of the East uh, to face either the the Warriors or the Rockets. That seems pretty clear at this point. Probably the Warriors, but I think Houston does have a fighting chance here. But that's going to be a fun series. Uh, Giannis is just uh, there's never been anyone like him. Just just what he can do out on the court, um, especially once he. I mean, he. We've seen flashes of it, but if this dude develops a three point shot or even it's coming, like, it looks like it's coming. Yeah, like it, they they're leaving him open, and he's making them pay lately, which uh, is awesome. You know, what's really cool for me. A little fucking humble brag here, or, uh, or pat on the back here for my boy. Uh, Spiro Didis is actually one of my really good friends, like best friends since I was little. He used to sleep over my house, and we stayed in contact, and we're friends. You know, for the history of time, I, in my opinion, the best one of the best announcers in all sports like and he's fucking fantastic so he's greek and watching him do the greek freaks game uh, on tnt he's getting his big spotlight the greek freaks getting his big spotlight so give me a little chills because he was just fucking always greek eating baklava and i would go hang out with his family just hardcore greek so uh pretty cool moment there for me and uh, check out spiro Didis on twitter uh and, and during the game he's just fucking you know who he is uh, no, I don't actually, but oh, yeah, he's, he's great. When you hear his voice and everything on the broadcast, he's doing the TNT games now. He's fan. You've definitely heard him and didn't realize. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. He does, he does a lot of March madness games too and shit, but uh, awesome. Yeah, he's um, but even like beyond the, the talent for Giannis, like he, he's not like friends with players from other teams. Um, he's really? just I don't know much about that side. So he's not friends with players from other teams. Yeah. He basically won't like they've invited him to like work out with them in the summer. He's like, no, I'm, I'm sticking with my own teammates. That's I don't, I'm, awesome. I'm not going to make friends with people that aren't on my team. Dude, that's awesome. I remember the dream team with Jordan and them. They were getting in fights and shit. Right. <laughs> fucking Olympics. Like that's how it should be. Yeah. You know? Like, like you shouldn't be fucking boys hanging out before and after the games. Agreed. A uh, couple quick Twitter questions here. Uh, for, I don't think we're that long. I didn't start the clock. I think we started at like nine twenty. So I think we're only an hour and 10 in. So we're all right. So we got a little time for some Twitter questions. Um, did you watch the show action on Showtime? Have you seen it yet? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Is it good? The documentary? Um, it's good, I oh, guess. Oh, no, no. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I got a couple Twitter questions. Saying Vegas Dave I, is some sort of like uh, a or something. Fucking clown. But it's <laughs> like, I mean, listen, Kelly was good. Kelly did a good job. Kelly in Vegas. I thought she did a very good job. Uh, I'm biased. I, I don't know her well, but I communicate with her. Um, but I thought she did a good job. I thought it was interesting and, you know, seeing her kind of story arc to go back to the Game of Thrones stuff. Um, Everyone else was fucking boring. Um, I thought actually Papa Gates did a good job. He was on it. Um, he was pretty cool. Martin Crowley, I guess his name is. Yeah. Uh, I thought he did a really good job. I actually have a lot more respect for him as a person. It seems like a cooler guy than I thought he was. But uh, I thought he did a good job. But God, it was, dude, I spend 20 minutes at the sports book. That's more entertaining than 95% of that show. Like the show sucked. Like it, it really fucking sucked. And I know everyone likes it. Like it was trash like you couldn't have picked more boring characters vegas dave living with his fucking mom and dad saying they're his best friends and fucking defrauding people of fucking fake pics and all this shit and fucking some fat guy in a sports book who literally lives in what appears to be a garbage box like i 
Yeah, I had no money, nothing. <laughs> then you had the big fat guy who was really good at gambling. He's like a sharp better, but he was boring as hell. Like, I just didn't, there was no crazy fun characters. And it's like, go to the FanDuel Sportsbook any night of the week and I'll show you a bunch of fucking dudes with Asperger's running around screaming their fucking heads off, being maniacs and the rest of us making fun of them, fights starting, people getting knocked out. Like, that shit goes on there every night. So, being at a sports book, I thought it sucked. But uh, I thought Kelly did a good job in Vegas Dave's a Clown. Yeah, that's one of those shows. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's some lazy Saturday or Sunday. I'll just watch the whole thing. Yeah, you could binge it. It's only like four or five episodes. Right. Whatever it is. Um, did you see AOC, uh, Ocasio-Cortez's garbage disposal thing that she put? <laughs> I did, yeah. What did you think of that? There's a, there's a Netflix uh, documentary about about her and kind of the uh, bringing down the house, I think it's called. I haven't seen it yet, but... God, I can't. I can't with that. I was meaning to, like, take a picture of it and, like, tweet it at you. Somewhere. Oh, God. There's no one I hate more in the world. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck, she's a, she's a reptile. Um, I'll, I'll send you a documentary about the making of AOC, how it's like she's not even a politician. Like they cherry picked her and like they give her her lines and all this kind of shit. She was literally hand like Manchurians where like she was handpicked and they show the guys who actually created her. It's, it's pretty intense. Uh, when you see them hunting down like a biracial candidate and stuff like that or a minority candidate um, who's a millennial who could appeal to that group, like she's literally fake. She's not even a politician. Um, what about this one? Uh, Lamb, I think it's Lamb, uh, Ortenberger on Twitter would like to know, uh, draft cheat. Could you please discuss the importance of single nucleotide polymorphisms in the early identification of genetic diseases? You know, I'm just going to have to throw that one right back to Mr. Lamb Ortenberg. <laughs> he has the name of someone who could probably do that. For us. I don't even think he Googled that. I think he just, just came right off his tongue and he knew what it was. Um, I think the single nucleotide polymorphisms are extremely important. And yeah, no, clearly. Yeah, very important. You know, like how else would you early identify a disease without single nucleotide polymorphisms? So um, I'm pro polymorphisms. Yeah, I, I identify as pro polymorphism. Absolutely. Yeah. Ken in Brooklyn would like to know who would win in a DFS tout Royal Rumble? Like legit, who would finish first and who would finish last? This seems like every DFS tout in the world was put in a ring. Who would come in first and who would come in last? Are weapons allowed? I mean, I guess it would be like the Royal Rumble. Like, who would actually go bring a weapon or go find a weapon? Because in that case... This seems like a pretty easy answer, right? Our, our guy Mad Lab is surely winning this. Yeah, I think we got to take him out. I don't think... I think Rusty Nuts, if you want to count him, Mad Lab, those personalities need to come out. Um, let's say me and you, where would we finish? Because I think we'd have similar odds, right? If there was a bet sheet, like... We'd we, be, I, I, I would like to think we'd be near the top of that bet sheet. I would imagine, yeah, we'd have to be near the top. The better question is, who would be at the bottom? Who would be in the last? Um, Maddox? <laughs> Maddox? He's really little. I, li- I like him, but he's really little. Maddox is down there. Siege would do okay. He can take some punches. I, I think Siege will survive. Siege, Siege would be in there. Siege would survive, for sure. He'd throw, uh, no people around. Like Seth Yates, when he was around, would be at the bottom there. Riccardi. <laughs> Derek Hardy is, uh, yeah, he would struggle. He would Maddock be- versus Cardi, heads up. Who wins in a fight? I'm taking Maddock there. I'm taking Maddock, too. He's, scra- he's got to be scrappier. than Cardi is like the opposite of scrappy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Card- Cardi would want to get his I think there. our uh, uh, Mr. Jeff the Boss, I think, is uh, get- getting pretty down low on the uh, the Tower Royal Rumble. Oh, you think Mans? No, no, no. 
Jeff El Jefe. Oh, oh, I thought you meant Mans. I was like, wow. Man, yeah, Hefe's definitely down there. I was like, Mans is going to fucking kill you. <laughs> He's going to fucking cut your throat if he hears that. Didn't you say something about Mans in a fucking like foot race or something last year? You had him, you picked him last in the company foot race or something? Yeah, no, yeah. Man's is not fleet of foot. Wow, he's he's really adamant about wanting to race you. He can, um, he can draw a pretty good spiral though. Give him yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, he's he's a little more athletic than I think people would be led to believe. Yeah, agreed. Um, is a happy ending is a happy ending massage cheating? No, dude, no, of course not. Like for real, like in a real like marital situation. No, that's one of those things you get an exception for that. It's right. Uh, it's an unemotional attachment. It's no, you're good. I, I agree, but then again, that's probably why I'm never, I'm never getting married because I feel like that and more is not cheating. But the, uh, yeah, like you, I don't, is that grounds for divorce though? You think a woman would be like want to divorce a guy if she found out he got a blowy at a fucking or a not child. any girls we'd be dating. Yeah, that's true. Good <laughs> uh, another one here: strip clubs worth the trip or waste of money? Both. <laughs> How's it both? <laughs> I guess it is both, right? Right. <laughs> I guess it depends on when you're talking We're about. Not a big like, strip club guy, to be honest. While you're there, or the next day, like which right. one is it? Like, um, I put it in waste of money. Yeah, I put no, it in. That's totally. where I lean to, but yeah, just because I never understood it. Like, I'm a I'm a hunter, right? Like, I'm a guy who likes going out and picking up chicks and the game and the game theory behind it and all that kind of stuff. Um, the challenge of it all. And, you know, I've had a lot of success with the ladies throughout my life, as I think. I've witnessed it. I think everyone who knows me knows that that's one thing that I definitely am not lying about. But um, th- this whole premise of a strip club is just weird to me. Like, I'm in a room with a bunch of toothless fucking old guys and a bunch of ratchet girls who, like, I probably wouldn't really hit on them before 1 a.m. at a bar, like, are naked and I got to pay them to tease me, like, the worst thing that can happen if I bring a girl home is to get hard and, you know, be ready to finish and then have her stop, you know, like then have to pay her after that. Like, it just seems totally contrary to like, like blue balls shouldn't be paid for, <laughs> right? Like there's to be avoided, I would say. I, yeah. You would pay great, great amount of money to, to avoid. The blue balls. <laughs> I am- I haven't been to a strip club in years, so yeah, I'm I'm on waste yeah, of money. I don't I don't I don't really get it. Uh, I'll end this podcast, DC, and thank you for coming on with us. But I can't let you go without speaking about uh, your beloved Kansas City Chiefs and your expectations. God, these people are so annoying. I li- can you hear that? Did that come through? No, I didn't hear it. All right, because I have I got this new Mac and I'm using it right now to record on, and it. I am not familiar with it yet. It's like the new MacBook Pro, which, by the way, fuck you, Apple. Like, do you have one of these new MacBook Pros that don't have a USB port and don't have an SD port? Like, what the fuck? Like, I bought this thing, and I'm sitting here using it, and I couldn't even record on my normal software because it doesn't have an SD card slot, and I need to buy some fucking adapter to adapt to a port that should have been the slot port. Like, what is this? (laughs) <laughs> lightning ports this thing like they just wanted to they get they want to make you buy more of these things that they produce for 30 cents and they can tell, sell you for 30 dollars. god fuck these motherfuckers dude this is crazy dude my my laptop right now looks like a fucking octopus with all the fucking ports the right. ports coming out of it um, <laughs> looks like the predator 
But uh, now I forgot my question. Oh, Kansas City Chiefs, DC. You were notorious last year and made lots and lots of money stacking Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt through most of the season. Mahomes is your butt buddy. You actually kind of became a Chiefs fan last year, which you weren't going into the season. You were a Vikings fan. No, I'm like literally a Chiefs fan. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, I literally view you as a Chiefs fan and not a Vikings fan anymore, which is crazy how that could happen. But it's amazing what a couple hundred grand will do to that fandom. But what what the fuck, dude? Your boy's on the cover of Madden. Like, you got the Madden curse. Tyreek Hill's fucking beating up women and fucking might be suspended for God knows how long or off the team or out of the fucking league altogether. Kareem Hunt's beating up bitches and fucking he's in another team right now. What the fuck? What, what, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm still a Mahomes fan. Um, but I think the – I don't think Tyreek Hill's going to play – anymore at least for the chiefs and maybe for any team mm-hmm. depending on what happens uh, i mean he did punch a pregnant woman before he got in the nfl so it's not like this is his yeah first. he just kind of needs to go but that's gonna have a huge effect on the chiefs offense he outside of Mahomes, for me he's he's by far the second most important piece ahead of you know ahead of of Travis kelsey who's obviously fantastic but i think tyreek hill being able to take the top off the defense on every single play, being able to threaten the free safety on every single play really is kind of what made that offense go. And I don't think he's replaceable, you know, like he can do a lot of other stuff too. He's just fantastic with the, with the ball in his hands, obviously. So uh, assuming he's gone, um, I think I'm going to be mostly off of the chiefs this year, which is kind of crazy to say uh, based on, you know, you guys that know me and not know how big I was and on the chiefs, last year from from before like, your thing. like yeah it was your thing it was your big prediction going into the season that Mahomes was going to be like the best player in the history of football and you know Tyreek Hill was going to have the best season ever and you know Kareem Hunt was a must like you I remember two years ago we were in Denver and uh, I think we were up for 48 hours drinking every single thing we can find like literally me DC is probably <clears throat> I would say there's maybe two people to three people that I know who could I won't say any of them could outdrink me. Um, me and DC may argue that, but who I would give enough respect and put them in that upper echelon who could drink with me nonstop. And me and DC finally just like had a contest and we're like, yo, we're, we're doing this for two days. And we didn't even go out. <laughs> really? Like we just fucking drank in a fucking hotel room. And- it's almost, it's almost kind of sad in retrospect. Yeah. Like broke dawn. Like, like we had different crews of people that were like coming in and waking up and going to sleep. Like we were cycling through groups and like putting them all to sleep over and over. And I remember DC drafted, uh, I think it was five Vikings in the first six rounds <laughs> of your fantasy draft. And last year it was like that with the chiefs. So next year, does it go back to the Vikings? Do you start going all Dal cook and Diggs and Thielen or, or now you're going to have to find a, a new love child. It might. It might go back to the Vikings, actually. They just drafted – like, their, their big problem is their offensive line, right? I don't think – anyone who knows anything about football knows how good Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are. I think Kirk Cousins is, at worst, you know, a solid quarterback. Um, and then Dalvin Cook's uh, fantastic, too. But the offensive line has just been shit for the last three or four years. The center that they drafted, man, with the zone running scheme that they're going to employ – I think I might be back out on the Vikings. That's a good call. All right. So, I mean, was it was it odd? Because I think I was the one – I think this was things Tommy G invented. I don't know if you'd heard it before I tweeted it, that uh, you kind of look like a broke-down Kirk Cousins. 
No, yeah, people have been saying that for a while. Yeah, I, yeah. I see it. They I said it. it. They said it before me. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, with your new hairstyle and your new kind of Denver swag, you might not even be a broke down Kirk Cousins anymore. You might just be a Kirk Cousins. Hey, I'll take it. I've been called worse things. Yeah, by me usually. Um, anyway, DC, that was fun. So we'll have to do this again. <clears throat> so. We covered Game of Thrones, MLB, NFL, NBA, and Twitter questions. Me and you have gotten very good. If you guys head over to EliteFantasy.com, uh, you guys know Jeff Manns, you know Mad Lab, you know Rob, you know the bod. Uh, DC is actually, me and DC do shows together uh, on EliteFantasy.com, what, probably three times a week? I mean, we hate each other, but we yeah. do it anyway. Um, we've gotten pretty good at keeping shit tidy, DC. These, these No Mercies are usually like two and a half hours, so we got a lot covered in an hour and 25 which I think was the time we did. Yeah, we got this shit down, man. Love it. Doing well with it. So get over to EliteFantasy.com. Go check it out. We have gambling over there. We're just launching the site EliteBetting.com. As of the moment of recording here, it's still on GuruElite.com, but it will be on EliteBetting.com. And you can check us out on Twitter. We changed the handle now with the new website. It's no longer GuruElitedFS. It's EliteFantasyHQ. So at EliteFantasyHQ. Uh, you can get over there, get all your DFS information. Just click the Join Now button, and you'll have access to all our DFS baseball. On the other site, you'll get all the gambling stuff. But make sure you follow Draft Cheat on Twitter. Uh, he's useless to follow on every other social media area, so I'm not even going to give his handles out. because I don't even have the other social media. Yeah, you, you would suck there anyway, even if you did. But he is a master of Twitter. So, And I'm not just saying this because he's on the show. He is literally the single best Twitter follow possibly in America. Um, especially when he trolls the universe. So at draft cheat uh, over there on Twitter, I'm, I'm at Tommy G. So uh, go check him out. Give him a follow DC. Thanks for coming on my dude. Appreciate it, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're going to shut this shit down. So without further ado, good luck. Stay cashing motherfuckers. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you. He is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy.